Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Charles Sabansi from the Dreamers Pro Show, and we want to welcome you guys to the Dreamers Pro Podcast, where we cover everything from sports, hot topics, classic debates, entertainment, and where we give you guys a fresh perspective on things and how we see them. Now, let's get started with the first topic of today's show. Today, we got a pretty serious show for you guys. But before we get into it, uh, please make sure you like the video and subscribe to the channel. Now, this story today that we're covering is actually something that I've been following, but not very closely uh up on t- uh, until today as a matter of fact now some of you may not be aware of who liz uh C- cambage is but liz cambage at least that's the name i'm seeing here is a wnba uh player right and she's quite known on social media um you've seen her attend various games so a lot of people know her right well there was an incident uh surrounding her a few years ago what am i referring to well apparently in uh, 2021, they were playing uh, basketball uh, somewhere. They were playing basketball. And uh, during that game, it was some type of international competition. So during that game, I believe the team she was representing at the time was Australia. And the team that they were playing against was the Nigerian women's team. So they're playing in this game, and apparently all we heard was that there was an altercation, and she threw out some racial slurs at the Nigerian uh, player, racial profanities at some of the Nigerian players. Then about a day or two ago, I saw an image from Bleacher Report addressing this very same thing, talking about um, Liz Liz Cambage, talking about her uh, interest in being a part of the Nigerians team. And the players called her out like, bro, stop the cap and all of these different things. I'm going to get a little bit into that a little bit later. So today I was doing some research and I actually came across uh, an article on uh, fadeawayworld.net, but it's via Clutch Point. Now, apparently this article was actually revealing the footage that was actually released recently by Clutch Points. Now, we're not going to play the footage because we, we don't want to play any violence on the channel. But essentially, I'll explain to you what happens. It's about a minute and 16, a minute and 16 second uh, video. Essentially, what happened was this. Australia was playing against Nigeria. And Liz, Liz Cambridge is a Cambridge is a is a center is a very big, uh, very big um, woman. So she's boxing out. And basically, she was doing a bunch of Dwight Howard moves, like flailing his elbows, throwing his elbows uh, in the air. So throughout the video, she was boxing on one player. And then she, uh, what is it? She elbowed the player in the face, but acted like as if she didn't know what she did. That's what Draymond Green does. That's why I'm surprised that so many players don't, don't, don't mess him up. But anyway, she did that and acted like she didn't know what was happening. Now, I think the reason she did that, and I think the reason that people do that to other people is because they must believe they're soft. I've seen it happen. Like you do something, you hit somebody, but act like you didn't know what you did, but you know what you did, wanting to see whether or not that person is going to retaliate. So she does that to the first player, they're chirping. Then the video fast forwards, and then she does it to another girl, but this girl is a little bit bigger than the former girl in terms of her her size. So she has the the size to kind of match up with her, with uh, Liz. So in this video, they zoom in and you see her slap the girl across the face. Like, not even smack, smack her right across the face. And Liz starts walking off because she knows what she did. A typical sucker move. That's what suckers do. Until they re- meet somebody that's going to, you know, um, put their goon down on them. Then, they, then they'll stop. So what happens? She does that. 
and she starts walking away because usually when people do this, they do it thinking that the person that they did it to is soft, similar to what Mark, Marcus Morris Sr., uh, Sr.'s younger brother, Markeith Morris, did to Nikola Jokic. He hit him and he, he, he elbowed him in his, in, his, in his ribs and he thought it was a wrap and son hit him so hard he forgot what he, he gave him whiplash and he was out of there. And then Marcus Morris and them tried to talk that gully talk to them Serbians and found out it isn't what they thought it was going to be. And they just cut that off quickly. So the girl is holding her face. She's holding her face, holding her face. Then she now collects herself. She sees Liz standing there and she just charges her. And right as she turns her head, she clocks her right across the face and she falls into the bleachers. At that point, I was like, okay, okay, I support this message. So that's what happens, right? That's what happened. Then Clutch Points put up a comment of Liz responding, and this was on published on August 10th, responding to the footage that we want to show you guys right now. So her statement was this, Elizabeth uh, Cambridge said, in light of the circulating footage from the 2021 scrimmage between the Opals and the, the Tigers, I want to provide clarity on my altercation of the event. events. Before the scrimmage, I had expressed concerns to Opal staff about the unacceptable playing conditions within the COVID bubble they were imposing. The circulating video portrays a highly physical game with no officiating, resulting in me being attacked and sustaining a concussion. Contrary to false claims, I did not use racial slurs or refer to anyone as a monkey, which is evident from the footage. To set the record straight, I never stated that I had officially joined the Nigerian team Instead, I expressed my interest in joining the team and representing Nigeria. I had dis I had discussions with the staff about the necessary steps to become eligible and thought I was doing uh, thought I was doing them. I extend my best wishes to all the players on the, the Tigers. My dedication to fostering positive change in the sport I love remaining unwavering. I love the sport I love remains unwavering. I have always taken pride in representing the game throughout my career. I kindly urge the media and fans to fact check before publishing and avoid spreading uh, unverified claims. I also send all the wishes of the former team. Look at Okay, blah, blah, blah. So she said all that crap, right? She said all that crap. And she said that, uh, and that she was circulating portrays a physical game with no officiating. Called for, I did not throw any racial slurs. And she was basically saying that she was being assaulted. That's what suckers do. That's the same thing Draymond Green does. Draymond, Dream, Draymond Green will kick somebody in their private part, smack him across the face, and act like he doesn't know what's going on. That's what suckers do. They'll do it, but then when it comes time to own the fact that they did it, all of a sudden they don't know what happened. They don't know where all of this anger is coming from. So that's what she said. And then I came across this article from Fade Away, which then basically explains what the Nigerian players had to say in response to her. So I want to read what they said. Cambridge can be clearly seen elbowing a Nigerian player uh, and after some seconds slapping her in the face. The video refers to the same incident where she allegedly called Nigerian players monkeys and asked them to return to their country. The shocking twist is the fact that the victims... The victim ran towards Cambridge and threw a wild punch. No Australian player shockingly intervened in the fight, yeah, because they didn't want none of that smoke, and let Cambridge pay the consequences of her actions. Lidge uh, Cambridge was called out by Nigerian players for denying using racial slurs against them. The 31-year-old Australian star recently gave an interview with Bleach Report's Taylor Rooks. During the interview, Cambridge denied all the accusations against her. However, Nigerian player promised uh, Amukam 
Amukamara and Sarah Ogoke called her out for lying. She called us monkeys and told us to go back to her country. Yes, she said that. Uh, she said, while her teammate Ogoke said, just open your mouth and be talking. Wow. Now, lie, I beg. We are not recruiting you. And you definitely spewed racist profanities against us during the scrimmage. So that's that's what was said. That's the backstory. You guys heard it all. Here are my thoughts on this. And I'm not going to take too long on this. My thoughts on this are very simple. First of all, I'm glad that she got what she got on that court. Period. You're going to be doing all of that slick talk, all of that slick talking and cheap shotting. To me, it's unbelievable. You, you, you cheap shot people. You going around messing with them and you're shocked when somebody messes back with you. It's unreal to me. Like, what did you think unless you thought everybody was soft? So you did that thinking, oh, they're all soft. They're not going to do anything. And then you found out. That's my first thought on that. The second thought, and it's something I want to touch on quickly. There's an idiot running around the Internet. Uh, he's a black dude. I don't know where he's from because nobody knows who this dude is. He's just some stupid dude on the Internet with his head cocked talking trash. Nobody knows who this dude is. Right. But this is dude on the Internet. And basically, we produce some LeBron videos and he disagrees with my views. Right. He disagrees with my views. So at first, this this sucker would now, you know, disagree with my videos. And then he took it to the next level. He's like, well, since I'm a sucker, I can't control my energy. I'm soft in reality. So what I'm going to do is since we're on the Internet, I'm going to talk greasy. What I'm going to do is I'm going to now I'm going to now start making racial uh, uh, comments about me. First of all, I was born in the United States, first generation American to West African parents. My mother's from Sierra Leone. My dad is from Nigerian, making me a Nigerian. If you feel like that's supposed to make me feel like I'm supposed to be ashamed of who I am, then you pick the wrong you-know-what. Just because you have no uh, 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 personal agency and you have no self-respect for who you are, don't feel like you're going to do that to somebody else. That's number one. I'm very proud of who I am. Damn proud. Damn proud of who I am. That's number one. Number two. This dude took it upon himself because I said I live in Nigeria, which is something I never lied about. He's acting like he's exposing some story that I told you, you dodo. I told you that you would not have known that unless you stalked me, but you work with the FBI, the CIA. How else would you know? So I said this and he's like, oh, he's living in Nigerian huts and all of this type of crazy. You know what? Right. Some broke, decrepit fool on the Internet telling me this. And it started saying all these crazy stuff about Nigerians and, you know, Nigerians probably living in a hut and all of this stuff with the lions and all of this stuff. Right. All of this greasy talk. Now, can I talk like that back? Can I say crazy stuff like that? Well, of course, I grew up in the Bronx, New York, son. Like I grew up in the Bronx. You don't grow up being soft. So I can't do that. But I understand that we're building a brand here and I'm not going to jeopardize the brand to respond to some low life. I'm not going to do that, number one. Number two, I noticed that there were a lot of people in the comments cheering him on instead of correcting him, instead of correcting him. And it's creating this kind of weird kind of thing where I'm guessing, because to me, it's unbelievable to see a black person insulting another black person, period. No matter if you're from Africa, no matter if you're from America, that level of ignorance and self-hate, you will never see me engage in. If I see an African person saying some crazy stuff about African-Americans, I won't tolerate it. I don't want to be around that type of conversation because I grew up with African-American. African -American. I don't want to be a part of that stupidity. I don't want to. 
I don't want to be annexed to it. I don't want to have a conversation about it. I don't want to know your point of view. I don't want to know what you heard growing up. I don't care to know it. That level of stupidity, you cannot involve me. And vice versa. If there are any African-Americans doing that to Africans, you're not my ally. You're not my friend. I don't want to know you. I'm not interested in knowing you. That level of ignorance, I will not harbor. Don't need to know you. Don't care to know you. Don't care anything about you. If you're disrespecting the black race in either direction, I have nothing for you. You can do nothing for me. You're a waste of my time. I don't need you in my life. I don't need to know these people. That's number one. Number two, this stupidity and ignorance has to stop. At a certain point, the stupidity and the ignorance has to stop. There's a lot of information being disseminated all throughout the Internet by morons and idiots. Shannon Sharp, help me understand. Am I missing something? Where's Shannon Sharp from? Listen to Shannon Sharp's last name, Sharp. Go throughout any country in Africa. Where will you hear the name Sharp? You will not hear it. That was a, probably a slave master's name. But Shannon Sharp, I heard, did his ancestry and found out he's 90% Nigerian. And Shannon Sharp is from the South. Oh, let me guess. They lied to him. They lied, right? To reinforce your stupidity. So they lied to him. They made it up. The ancestry, nah, it's a hoax. Those camps in West Africa and Ghana, that didn't really happen. Somebody made that up. And to have this clown saying that, oh, now you're going back to, you, you don't realize you're insulting yourself. That's the stupidity of all of it. That is, and I can never engage in that, in that, in that level of self-hate and ignorance on both sides. If you're an African doing that to African-Americans, you're not, don't, don't consider you, me and you, we're not vibing. Now, if you're enjoying this show, be sure to follow us on Facebook at Dreamers Pro Official, Instagram at Dreamers Pro, and leave a review to let us know what you think about today's show. Now, let's continue to the next segment. You guys know that Gilbert Arenas is a very interesting fellow, right? Very interesting fellow. On the one hand, he'll say something. You'd be like, man, that was a good point. And then on the other hand, he'll say something else. And you're like, bro, what? And it makes me realize, you know, this is something I've always asked Marco, the co-founder of Dreamish Pro. I'm like, I don't believe somebody can be good and bad at the same time. How Can somebody be dumb and smart at the same time? How is that possible? Are people like, do, do people like this exist? Stupid, smart people or smart, stupid people? Because if they are, I, I, I mean, I, I, I seldom come into contact with these people. What am I referring to? Gilbert Arenas is a former NBA player. I believe he was an all-star as well. Hell of a player. No one has taken that away from him as a basketball player. He was cold. He was cold. But ever since he made his entree into the sports media landscape, he has had some of the most wacky takes you will hear anywhere on the sport of basketball. So what happened? This morning I was doing some research and I was at the basketball. I believe it was basketballnetwork.com is where I saw the basketballnetwork.net. Excuse me, basketballnetwork.net. And I came across this story. I went under the latest story section. And I saw a story, an article referring to some comments that Gilbert Arenas made as it pertained to why he believes LeBron is better than Jordan. And there are people that hold that position. It's not like as if it's something new. But the reason he gave absolutely floored me when I heard his reason. So what we want to do is we want to play exactly what Gilbert Arenas had to say here and then we're going to come back and continue on with the show. Take a listen to what Gilbert Arenas had to say. The reason that I feel LeBron is the GOAT is because during pressure times, he still makes 
the actual right decision versus what us fans and the public wants him to do. You know, and that's what separates, you know, him from Jordan and Kobe, where if you give Jordan and Kobe those Cavs teams, they wouldn't have made the playoffs. They wouldn't have made it to the championship because Jordan would have just averaged 60 and said the hell with it. Now, what he just said, I think, was probably one of the single most idiotic comments I've ever heard Gilbert, Gilbert Arenas make. Literally ever. I mean, it was that bad. Did you hear what he said? That LeBron plays the right way. He gets other people involved. And if it was Michael Jordan playing on those LeBron teams, he would score 60 points and they would miss the playoffs and wouldn't go to the playoffs. But only LeBron. And, and I'm like, I'm like, what are you basing? Hold, okay, hold on. Are you basing this off of because LeBron average rate maybe 1.5 more assists per game than Jordan and maybe one and a half or 1.8 more rebounds than Jordan? This is what you're basing your argument on. I'm trying to figure out what's the precedent. Like, what's the basis of this statement of these? I'm trying to figure it out. What was that based on? First of all, first of all, let's look at that run. The, the 2007 run where people started saying that LeBron was something an amazing player. And by the way, LeBron is an amazing player. I have him in my top five. But it's these type of statements that totally fry the brains of younger fans and then come on the channel and start spewing all type of nonsense all over the comment section. Let's look at that 2007 run the Cavs made when LeBron James did the unthinkable. During that year, the Cleveland Cavaliers had a 50-32 and 32 record, which is excellent. They had a very, very good record, and they were a very good team. Are we going to dispute this fact? Are we going to dispute this fact? They were a good team, right? With a 50-32 and 32 record, that's a good team. 18 games above 500, you're a good team, right? But there are some LeBron, you see LeBron fans. Some of y'all, man. Good Lord. Oh, my God, these people. Do you know what some LeBron fans would do? They will tell you that LeBron is a great player. Hear this. Because he was able to lead or help a team get that type of record. But if they lose, if he loses, then they'll now tell you that he had no help. So what, did LeBron by himself win those 50 games or did he not have a team? This is what they do. They argue out of both sides of their mouth, number one. And number two, they can never stay on topic. If you say A, they'll say B. If you say B, they'll say C. They can never argue argue with you directly. And this is why it's frustrating to argue with a typical LeBron James fan. I'm sorry. I got to give it to you guys. I'm not talking it up for nobody, baby. I ain't doing it. Let me get into it. That year, the Cleveland Cavaliers played round one. They played against the Washington Wizards. Sound familiar? The Washington Wizards. Do you know what their record was that year? The first round? They had a 41-41 and 41 record. A 500 team. In round two, they played against the New Jersey Nets. If some of y'all are laughing, did you just say the New Jersey? They used to be the called. They used to be called the New Jersey Nets before they turned into the Brooklyn Nets. The second round, they played against the New Jersey Nets, who also had a 41 and 41 record. Another 500 team. So the first two rounds of the playoffs, you're playing 500 teams. This is the most incredible thing I've ever seen with my eyes. Then in round three, 
he does something impressive when he beats the 53 and 29 Detroit Pistons. That was the first 50 win team they faced, which was the first challenge that he had in the playoffs. Then in round, I mean in the finals, he then go against he goes against the San Antonio Spurs who had a 58 and 24 record and we all know how that ended. Right? That's all she wrote. Then I looked at the Michael Jordan 1986-1987 season where Jordan got swept in round one when it was the best of five. Well, Jordan lost that series in three games. Now, who was he playing against in round one? He was playing against the Boston Celtics with three Hall of Famers, three top 75 players with a record of 59 and 30 and 23 that year. Now, who was on that team? You ever heard anybody? You've heard, you've, you've, have you ever heard of the person called uh, 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 Mikhail? Have you ever heard of him? Have you ever heard of anybody called uh, uh, Robert Parrish? Have you ever heard of him? Have you ever heard of the guy called Larry Bird? That was who MJ was facing in round one, and he lost. And in one of those games, he dropped 60. And what did Larry Bird say after Jordan? We just witnessed who in what? That's what they said about Michael Jordan. But now let me eat the Gilbert Arenas right quick and his followers. Y'all can call us hate. And I realize a lot of people that call us hate are people that can't think of anything beyond to say than just hate. They call facts hate. This is what they call it. Facts are now hate. Since they can't argue your point, they now call it hate as a way of dismissing or canceling your point. He said Jordan couldn't take teams, subpar teams to the playoffs. But LeBron could. All Jordan would do is score 60 points and take his teams to the playoffs. Um, Help me understand something, Mr. Gilbert Arenas. Uh, didn't Michael Jordan make the playoffs the first year he got into the NBA? Didn't he make the playoffs the second year he got into the NBA? Oh, wow. Look at the lights. Didn't he make the playoffs the third year and the fourth year and the fifth year? And it kept on going on and on and on and on and on and on? Now, I got a question for you, Mr. Gilbert Arenas. Your man, your man, that you was playing card or pool with during a playoff series which to me is unheard of as a competitor <laughs> what if lebron could do that how come he missed the playoffs the first two years of his career hmm? mr arenas you said jordan all he would do is score 60 and go home so the guy that you're saying can do something more incredible than Jordan, why did he miss the playoffs the first two years of his career? Mr. Arenas, we're waiting for your response, please. Hello, like Rob Parker says, is this on? Help me figure it out. This is what these guys do. It's either they don't have the information and they're arguing or they have the information and are trying to dumb people down. It was a stupid comment to make. Because there you are. You just fell flat on your face. Jordan couldn't make the playoffs, but yet he made the playoffs every single year when he got into the NBA. LeBron missed the playoffs the first two seasons. Help me figure it out, Mr. Arenas. Let's figure it out together. Boy, oh boy. You know, I've been told, you never played the game. This other bozo to be riding me like the desperado. I don't even know what you call this dude. No pause. He'd be like, I don't understand this dude. I don't know. No, you never, you never played the game. I coached the game. You don't look like you played the game, boy. 
I played the game, I coached the game, and all of this stuff. Meanwhile, he played in the NBA and see what he's saying. So what's your point? Now, if you're enjoying this show, be sure to follow us on Facebook at Dreamers Pro Official, Instagram at Dreamers Pro, and leave a review to let us know what you think about today's show. Now, let's continue to the next segment. Now, this is going to be a pretty interesting show, uh, but we got to talk about it anyway. Now, was doing some research this morning, and uh, I came across uh, an article featuring NBA Hall of Famer. Uh, Rick Berry. Now, as you guys know, Rick Berry is an NBA champion, NBA Finals MVP in the 19, uh, 1975 uh, campaign. He was an eight-time All-Star. Uh, he made, what, five All-First NBA teams, six seconds. So he made, I mean, two, well, one second, so six All-NBA teams, All-Star game MVP, uh, four-time All-Star. He was also the NBA Rookie of the Year, and he led the league in scoring in 1967, and he led the league in assists in 1975. He was a pretty bad boy. Think about it. In 1975, he won the championship, he won the finals MVP, and he led the league in steals in that same year. Pretty, pretty incredible stuff, right? So he's a hell of a player, hell of a player. And as a matter of fact, um, anyway, so he's a, he's, he's a hell of a player. So I was going through the internet, and I was, you know, and I came across an article of his. Now, as you guys know, uh, Jalen Brown just signed the richest contract in NBA history, a $300 million, <coughs> excuse me, a $300 million contract. And some people are happy. People like JJ Redick are rejoicing, happy, you know, hey, you, you got a boy. This is the era for you. This is the era, guys. So JJ Redick and people like that are happy. But some people are questioning how the hell was he able to get this contract. And one of these people that questioned it was Rick Barry. Rick Barry himself was actually surprised at the fact uh, that he was able to get this contract. And to me, I thought it was uh, I thought it was pretty, pretty hilarious because when I saw him speaking, the 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 interesting thing about it was he didn't hold back. So he did an interview on Joy D'Angelo's channel and they talked about you know the NBA and various things. And then it got to the point where they were talking about, you know, the current NBA and they started talking about contracts. And when it got to the point when they were supposed to be discussing this contract, he absolutely did not hold back on Jalen Brown. So what we want to do is we want to play exactly what he had to say uh, about Jalen Brown's contract, and then we're going to come back and react to his comments. Take a listen to what Rick Barry had to say here. Right. I mean, I'm not saying he's, he's not a bad player, but he has to prove that he can be consistent. Gotcha. I mean, if you're getting paid, you know, $40, $50 million a year, you sure as hell better play really well. <laughs> I mean, seriously. I mean, I mean, you look at some of the contracts they have, even, you know, like Brown, you know, $306 million. I mean... Uh, that's just hard for me to believe. I mean, you know what his his average in the playoffs for them is eighteen point five points a game. I mean, eighteen point five points a game, and he's making and he's going to make sixty nine million dollars in the last year of his contract. That's, great. that's a lot of but money, 18, Rick. But eighteen point five eighteen point five points a game is that's nothing. I mean, seriously, to pay somebody that kind of money, and he's a nice player. I really like him. But, man, he's got to improve his game. He turns the ball over too much. He tries to force things, and so is his teammate Tatum. That's one of the reasons they lost to the Warriors two seasons ago. They make too many turnovers. In the game of basketball, you must say, there's a saying, keep it simple, stupid. Okay? Keep it as simple as possible. You take what the defense gives you. That's what I try to instill in my guys here with the ball, with the ball hogs. Take what the defense gives you. A play is only designed so everybody knows where they are, and if the ideal thing happens, you know where you're supposed to go, what you're what you're supposed to do if certain things happen. But if other things happen, you change. You do it. You go the other way. So you heard uh, his comments, right? You heard his comments. Here are my thoughts. 
Well, I think that um, Jalen Brown got that contract because he was in a very unique position where they could offer him a Supermax, number one. Number two, um, you got to look at the market, right? You got to look at the market. He got that contract because that's what the market was willing to pay him. Now, whether or not you believe he deserves that money from a pro, you know, pro, production standpoint, uh, you know, from from in terms of from the vantage point of whether or not he's improving as a player, that's another thing. He did bring up some points about his game, talking about he only averaged eighteen point five points per game to be having the richest contract in NBA history. He spoke about the deficiencies in his game, especially when it comes to turning over the ball. And to anybody who watched that Golden State Warriors series against the uh, Boston Celtics. Uh, in the NBA Finals, you know, man, those Boston Celtics absolutely shot themselves in the leg with those turns. It was it was incredible. They were literally giving the game away. And as a matter of fact, when we were talking about that series, I actually said that the Celtics' inexperiences was costing them because they certainly had the talent to beat the Warriors, but the Warriors were just not going to make those mental errors. And funny enough, the Warriors are a team that actually turns the ball over and has have some careless passes. Stephen Curry is one of them. But the way that they were turning over the ball in that series was absolutely alarming. And it's one of the reasons that they lost. Now, uh, you know, apart from that, did he deserve the contract? It's what they paid him, right? He didn't steal the contract. He didn't run up into the Boston offices and say, hey, you got to give me the blue. Nah, he just, they paid him that and he's not going to turn down that money. He's not going to turn down that money. Now, if you're talking about, well, does the productivity live up to the numbers? Probably not, but you're going to see a lot more plumbers uh, getting these type of contracts moving forward and firemen and plumbers getting more contracts like this moving forward. Guys that really don't take the game seriously, really don't really work on their game, just work on their dribbling and their shooting and getting these massive contracts, right? That's what you're going to see. A lot of plumbers and firemen running off at the bag, right? A lot of plumbers and firemen running off at the bag. That's what you're going to see. Um, and it's that's the way the sport is skewing. Do I feel a type of way about it? No, because <laughs> number one, it's not my money. And number two, I'm not a pocket watcher like that. I'm not going to be here standing in front of dude. Nah, don't give him that money. So I'm, come on, like, no, it's his money. That's what they wanted to pay him. Uh, so they should pay him. All you can hope for uh, is that he lives up to his contract. That's all you can hope for is that he lives up to his contract. But that's the risk you take with almost any player with the exception of the very few because there's some guys in the NBA uh, that, I mean, yeah, you want to make money, but they're also motivated by their legacy. And some people, some players just love to play basketball and they're willing to do um, every single thing to ensure that they're playing at a high level at all times. So time will tell. But as far as being upset about it and did he deserve it, that's what the market said he was worth. So thank you for listening to today's show. And don't forget to let us know what you think about today's show on iTunes or any of your favorite podcasting platforms.